Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NFL show at Post 20. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by Jeremy, and then we have a guest this uh, this morning. Matt, you know, the my co-host, my, my other co-host. There's three of us, I guess, here now. He's joining us for the NFL show. So what's going on with you guys? Yeah, like I said, when I first joined the call, dude, it's an honor and a privilege. I've been a longtime fan. Welcome. Uh, my knowledge for football obviously isn't at the levels of the Prem and soccer in general, but love it. It's a good thing to lose money at, to be honest, uh, especially with the boys. If you're doing it with somebody else, it's always more of a better time. But yeah. hopefully I can change the vibe and help you guys see more clear on that board. Yeah, I hope so. That it might, Maybe having three, because we haven't had guests since week one, I think. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe it's just getting a little flat. It's getting yeah. a little complacent in here. I need it's, maybe a little fresh energy. It's very possible. Jeremy, how'd you do last week on the books? I mean, I have our records, but how'd you do? Um, one o'clock slate, terrible. Yeah. Um, which felt like a trend for us. Um, but then my conviction in Gina Smith won me a bunch of money back at four o'clock, so I did all right there. Um, so pretty even week. Um. But I'm hoping this week we can come out hot. The 1 o'clock slate, uh, slate has been getting us, but not, not this week. No, I mean, there's some games here that, that seem rife for money, so we'll have to see. Um, okay, quickly, Jeremy had six picks last week that were green, correct. I had eight. A um, couple that kind of fucked us. The Ravens burned us. Jeremy got got by a hook on the over. I had the Ravens. They weren't able to do that because they just totally threw the game away. McCaffrey didn't score a TD, and the Panthers also didn't cover, despite coming out, you know, relatively solid. Eagles-Cowboys got hit by a hook. Um, the Bucks stink. The Packers stink. And the Browns, I don't know why we had any sort of faith in their defense whatsoever. Um, but we'll move right into the games. We had Commanders-Bears on Thursday night. Another terrible Thursday night game. Amazon Prime paid a billion dollars for the worst football you've ever seen. Carson Wentz with 99 yards, uh, zero TDs, zero interceptions. I guess that's kind of all you can ask for out of Carson Wentz. He's not really a game manager, but that's kind of what he had to do in this one. Brian Robinson, who was shot in a carjacking uh, only six weeks ago at this point, uh, had 60 yards and a touchdown. No TDs for the receivers. It was a field goal game, of course. Uh, Justin Fields did throw. Um, a nice pass to Dante Pettis. He finished with 84 yards on the touchdown. And then Justin Fields had 88 uh, on the ground as well. He threw an interception, uh, of course. That's just what happens. Um, I mean, what did you guys take away from this game? It was ugly, but we, we figured the Commanders would win, and they did come out and do it. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, we did have the Commanders winning. Um, I didn't think that their offense would look as bad. Yeah. As it did, um, Carson Wentz has seemingly taken a massive step back um, from the first couple of weeks of the season, which you did obviously expect some regression, but I don't think um, anyone expected it to be this sharp of a regression. Yeah, he's terrible. Uh, yeah, and the Bears are terrible. Um, that game was exciting for two minutes, um, and that was the last two minutes of yep. the game. Justin Fields almost led them down the field for a win. Um, and other than that, I would have been better off sleeping. Yeah, absolutely. Matt, I have a question for you. Why does every quarterback that comes out of Ohio State suck ass in the NFL? <laughs> I was just about to hype him up because this is one of his better games. <laughs> yeah, but it's not saying much. I mean, well, for Justin Fields to throw for 190 
And I it's know an great. Game. It, it is. It's a, it's a great game for him. He doesn't have a very good receiving core. I mean, like Cole Komet is kind of like wide receiver too when Darnell Mooney is not, not active. Um, I looked at a list of Ohio State quarterbacks the past yeah. 10 to come into the NFL. Right. They all sucked. Hey, Troy Smith won a Super Bowl with the He Ravens. did. That's Great. correct. Yeah. He did. Troy Smith did win a Super Bowl. Last, was... last, last QB to win the Heisman yep. um, from Ohio State. I think that was 06 yep. around when they won the Natty. But, yeah, I mean, it's tough. C.J. Stroud is the next one. He's the guy. Hopefully he goes to, like, Atlanta, a team that's fun to watch. But, yeah. I don't know. You saw a lot of Ohio State guys in here. You saw him. You saw uh, McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, who yep. d- don't give him really much service. I mean, both these teams are poorly managed the coaching staffs that's the way when i'm making a comparison to the prem like i always look who the manager is or in this case the coaching staff and and the organization as a whole i don't think they're successful organizations you put these young quarterbacks into situations that are never going to help them unless they're just like a trevor lawrence now in in jacksonville who have a really god-given talent and can really just make it as their own but it's really tough he just needs to get through this year Hopefully a new coaching staff comes on. They get a few more draft picks. They're a couple years away from him to have success. But by then, I'm pretty sure they'll bring in somebody else at that point. They're, they're going to end on that project, and he's just going to have to move on to a different team. But he's doing what he can. They're probably going to get four wins max this year at yeah. best. And he's just got to do what he can. I don't really know what else to say. And, I mean, losing to the Commanders is a bad L. Yeah, it's tough. Just, Every Thursday night game's been poor. I'm hoping for the one tomorrow to be better with with the Cards and Saints. That one should be better. But um, <laughs> nah, I know Amazon said they they've booked a a Black Friday game yes. for next year apparently. So that should be interesting. Hopefully, it's a good one. But um, I don't know. As a whole, poor game to watch. No Wentz anymore now for the shortcoming of time. And I think we're investing in Heineke at the moment on the the dynasty draft that I was telling you about. Yeah. Oh, they have another QB, too, that they just promoted to the active squad. I forget what his name is, but... Jeremy, you remember his... Do you know his name? I do not, off the top of my head, but I am... Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah, it's Howell. North Carolina. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what it is. So, we'll see. I mean, I would imagine it's going to be Heineke, but everybody else is saying that it's going to be Howe. So, I don't know. At this point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. I think Heineke's electric, so I'm hoping that we get to see him. Uh, Yeah, we're big Heineke fans. Yeah, we are. Huge fans. Heineken light. Uh, Let's move on to Ravens 20, Giants 24. Despite the Ravens looking like they were in the driver's seat for the entire game, the Giants rallied in the fourth quarter and won this game. Lamar with 210, a TD, and an interception. Kenyon Drake emerged as the lead rusher this week with 119 yards and a touchdown. Mark Andrews had 106 through the air with a touchdown. And then on the Giants' side, Daniel Jones, 173 and two TDs, an impressive game management performance from him. Saquon, again, of course, dominant, 83 yards and a touchdown. And then Daniel Bellinger and Wandale Robinson, Wandale, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, both had a TD as well. They finished at 38 yards apiece. Um, main takeaway, Ravens, terrible, terrible, terrible fourth quarter team. They're now 3-3. Three and three. The New York Giants are 5-1. and one. I will maintain the fact that the Giants are the worst 5-1 and one team I have ever seen in my entire life. It comes down to the, the quarterback, or not the quarterback, the coach there. Uh, he's getting pretty much everything he can out of what he has um, you know, on the roster, I, I really can't believe it, but 
He's doing it somehow or another. Uh, Brian Dabble gets a lot of credit in my book. This game was terrible, man. I, I don't know if the, the Ravens can actually be a threat if Lamar continues to play fourth quarters like this because it really does come down to him. That fumble at the end was terrible. Yeah, no, the first two times uh, they botched it in the fourth quarter, I was pretty hesitant to blame Lamar, more so Harbaugh, which I do think the game plan um, in the second half for the Ravens has looked terrible this season. Um, they're doing the whole Sean McVay play to not to lose instead of play to win. Um, but yeah, Lamar just couldn't execute. Um, that's not good to see if you are a Ravens fan or just a Lamar fan in general. And Kenyon Drake um, being good is not something I expected. Yeah. Um, but for the Giants, Giants Robinson looks like he could be that wide receiver that they do need. I do agree with you. I don't think they're a 5-1 football team, 3-3 uh, three and three at best. But, I mean, with Saquon being Saquon and Robinson, you know, coming back from injury and he scored a touchdown and he only played 12 snaps, had like four or five receptions. So he, he is open um, when he did get on the field. So I think he could be good moving forward. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you watch this game or no? Yeah, I saw bits of it, but um, I would say the Giants did make it through like the the tougher part of their season right now. I mean, good wins against the Packers and Ravens on paper. Uh, they kept it close with the Cowboys. Titans win. I mean, I think overall, like the next four games, I'm looking Jags, Seahawks, Texans, Lions. They're all winnable games. If anybody you replace the Giants, they could be like eight and two going into the next yep. NFC game. Yep. Um, like we could have a situation like you're saying, like last year with the Steelers, they were like eleven and zero. And uh, things just fell apart at the end, like reality hit. So who knows? An injury here could kill him. Obviously, to Saquon would end everything. And, I mean, they're doing what they should be. They're giving him the ball. They're making the workhorse do the, take the load. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't want to re-hit on those points that you're making. Just they're, like they're playing with what they have. That's what you can do as a coach until you get to the draft. Um, if you think to the end of the year, if they finish as like a 9-8 and eight team, 10-7 and seven team, and they don't make the playoffs... I think it's really going to hurt them in the draft because now they're in the middle of the pact. They're not going to get a game changer for the following year, and they're not going to get one of those top quality um, quarterbacks now. So it, they're going to maybe have to sign Daniel Jones again. Maybe they get a free agent for the year and then tank next year. I don't know. The yeah. long term, I think it's going to hurt them if they keep playing like this. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but in the short term, it is probably going to see them finish like like you said, eight and two, nine and three. They're going to be. Looking that you know, at least trending in that positive direction, heading into the next NF, uh, NFC East matchup, which is impressive. I mean, I got to give them a little bit of credit. I just don't think that they're a good team. That's all. Uh, okay, let's jump into Jags Colts. Jaguars twenty-seven, Indianapolis thirty-four. Matt Ryan with another dominant performance: forty-two for fifty-eight, three hundred eighty-nine yards through the air with three TDs. Deion Jackson uh, slotted in for the injured John Taylor. The Terrible Philip Lindsay uh, and the concussed Naheem Hines. Deion Jackson, 42 yards, one TD, um, 79 yards through the air on 10 receptions. Another impressive performance, you know, coming from the back, getting those little dump offs, turning them into big gains. It was averaging around eight yards per reception, which is impressive uh, for a really fresh running back. Michael Pittman, dominant performance, 134. Uh, no TDs, but he did convert. I believe, on a two-point conversion. Paris Campbell had 57. Alec Pierce had 49. He scored a touchdown. Jelani Wood scored a touchdown. Uh, quick fun fact, this was the um, most completions Matt Ryan has ever had in a game in his career, which is impressive. He's had, you know, 
13, 14 year career at this point. Uh, so that's that's really crazy to think about. This was also um, the most amount of completions that have ever been completed in an Indianapolis Colts uh, game. So, you know, they had Peyton Manning, they had Andrew Luck, uh, and yeah. Matt Ryan is their completion leader for, for one game. So impressive. Matt Ryan sort of came out of his shell in this game. He looked much better. He was committed to his throws. Uh, and this is what's going to happen because he is a really good QB. Uh, you know, he has a lot of knowledge and he's a cerebral guy. It's just a matter of not getting sacked. So Trevor Lawrence, 165 in a TD. Travis Etienne had 86 yards on the ground. He looked really good. Jamichael Hasty broke a long one for a touchdown. And then Lawrence actually rushed in for two TDs as well. Christian Kirk had a reception, uh, touchdown, 24 yards. And a really quiet game from him. He was kind of getting locked up. Um, but... You know, the Jags threw it away in the end. The Colts were able to go down. Alec Pierce caught that touchdown. He's been really good the past two weeks, and Colts were able to improve to 3-2-1. and one. Jags are now 2-4 and four despite starting red hot. Yeah, my big takeaway um, for the Colts is that Matt Ryan's finally getting Michael Pittman involved again. Um, he went on that streak there for two or three weeks where it was the Alec Pierce show for some reason. Um, and also, Deion Jackson is very good. Yeah. Um, it sucks that he went down with an injury. Um, I don't know if he'll be playing this week. Quad injury for a running back uh, typically isn't great. Um, but, I mean, dude, he had, like you said, he, he had 120 yards uh, this week. And then last week, uh, he did well as well. And then for the Jaguars, man, they kind of look to be stumbling here. Uh, they came out the gate hot. Uh, you and me were big fans of our boy Christian Kirk. He's kind of gone silent with the way their offense has been playing. And they just look like they're kind of destined to, you know, just be the Jaguars they've been for the last couple of years, even though they have the most talent that they've had in quite a long time. Yeah. Matt, yeah, thoughts I mean, about this one? Yeah, I mean, the game plan is totally going to change when JT comes back. That's the guy. That's the, what the offense is built around. Um, you could just tell with 58 attempts from Ryan, that's all they had and could do, and it worked out in their favor in the end. Um, I thought the Jags were going to be a better team after the first couple games. They looked fun to watch. I felt like Dougie P seemed like he had a good grip on things, but, I mean, they are competitive in every game. It's not like they're getting blown out of the water in some of these. Um, I mean, they shut out the Colts earlier in the year, so this was a revenge game in, in the end, but... Uh, they're slowly working things out. Colts, I mean, that division as a whole is a big mess. They're just eating each other alive down there in the AFC South. So um, it should be a fun watch to see who, which team makes it out of there in the end. Yeah, I, it's going to be down to the wire for that one, just like it was last year, uh, I, in, in my opinion. Uh, okay, Pats Browns, Pats 38, Browns 15, a terrible defensive performance from the Browns. Bailey Zappi, impressive game here. Uh, 309 and two TDs. Ramondre Stevenson rushed for two TDs. He had 76 yards on the ground. Tyquan Thornton had a touchdown. Hunter Henry had one in the air. He had 61 yards. Devontae Parker had 61 yards. Jacoby Myers was 60 yards. And then Tyquan Thornton actually caught a touchdown too. So if anybody had Tyquan Thornton two plus, you're, you're definitely rich. Um, Jacoby Brissett, 266, a TD, two interceptions, two costly interceptions. Nick Chubb, only 56 on the ground on 12 carries. Donovan Peoples-Jones was the lead receiver here with 74. Amari Cooper had 44 and a touchdown as well. Uh, takeaway, I don't know why the Browns don't just run the ball down people's throats. Um, they have probably the best running back in the league, in my opinion. I think Nick Chubb is... 
you know, maybe with the exception of Eckler right now, uh, far and away the best in the league. Eckler's more of a receiving back, to be honest with you. He he can do both, but um, Chubb is more of that hard-nosed runner, and he's so good, and the Browns are refusing to just use him as their, their main source of attack. I, I know that, you know, you don't want to get your number one hurt, but they have Kareem Hunt, too. It, it's not like... You know, it's not like they can't just use them both and and really focus on the run. I I know people are sort of invested in the spread and and playing uh, pass-first football, but I don't really think doing that with Jacoby Brissett is going to be a long-term solution there. So um, the Pats, they looked really good. Their offense looks pretty solid with Bailey Zappi in there. He's a little bit more dynamic than Mack. Tough, tough loss for the Browns. I I really thought they'd show up here, but they, they definitely didn't. Yeah, no, I agree with you about the Browns. They need to, you know, stick to their identity, which is running the football, um, whether that be just Nick Chubb or with Nick Chubb and Hunt, um, and play slow football, try to keep the other team's offense off the field and, you know, play slow and win the game. But they don't seem to want to do that. They want to try and let Jacoby Brissett be something he's not. Um, for the Patriots, dude, Bailey Zappi looks like the man. Um, yeah. I if he, if he strings together a couple more wins here uh, while Mac. While Mac is hurt, there could be a controversy um, up there in New England. I mean, he looked really good. He was throwing the ball all over the place, hitting hitting his targets, no turnovers. I mean, that's really what you want to see out of a rookie quarterback. And I mean, he only played at Western Kentucky, so it's not like he was playing, you know, Pac-10, Big Ten uh, competition. So for him to come in, step up in this big spot, looked really good. And then obviously, Ramondre is Ramondre. Um, yeah. I mean, him and Damian Harris are just disgusting. Whether one of them's on the field or both's on the field, so he just did his job. Yep. Yeah, I'd never seen a bigger Belichick masterclass in that second half. They just absolutely abused him. Uh, Zappy makes me happy. I mean, Mac Jones hasn't put in that much of groundwork to cement his place in general. He was a rookie last year, and even then, he was just managing to do like Jimmy G kind of things there. And I don't think I think there already is some QB controversy. They're already beef, and I think since Max sees him as a threat now to his job, and as always, there's going to be media attention there. But yeah, I mean, they they, they play very simple. Uh, when I look at the Browns, it's like a very vanilla team. I look at the names. There's like nobody that jumps off the page to me. Obviously, Nick Chubb you mentioned, but uh, I think they just have to try their best to be around that 500 area or just like a game or two behind in their division until Deshaun comes back because when he comes back, it's definitely going to change the game for them. I, I, th- I would hope it would, but who knows? Maybe he's going to have even more issues pop up. I think people are still coming up with the legal things um, to try to hold him out for the year. So who knows? But Browns are the Browns at the end of the day is what I saw from this game. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, it was a, a, a Belichick masterclass and you have to think the last time that, um, that Belichick sort of opted for his second, second QB over the first was Brady over Drew Bledsoe. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting Bailey Zappi in that category yet, but you never know. I mean, Belichick's got a, a really good eye for talent. It's, it's, it's not like we, we haven't seen it before. Uh, okay, Bengals Saints, Bengals 30, New Orleans 26, Joe Burrow 300, three TDs, Nixon with 45 on the ground, Burrow rushed one in, Jamar Chase had a great game looking like last season, 132, two TDs, Joe Mixon had a receiving touchdown uh, as well, the defense did not play as well as you probably would have hoped, they let the Saints stay in this game until the very end, 
Andy Dalton, 162 in a TD. Taysom Hill had a couple of snaps, but he didn't really do anything in this one. Uh, Alvin Kamara, 99. Almost got 100 yards rushing, but not quite. Uh, Rashid Shahid scored a touchdown as well. That was an unbelievable uh, score there. He is really fast. He was their punt returner, too, in this one. Draquan Smith with a receiving touchdown. He had 43 uh, in the score. But other than that, pretty quiet for the Saints. I don't know, man. I I don't think the Saints are very good. They're two and four now. I also don't think the Bengals are very good, but this was a smash bot for them. Uh, I figured that they would win this game, but I did think it would be close. So it was good to see Jamar Chase break a couple tackles and and get himself into this one. He was in pretty deep coverage, but um, he's he's dynamic enough that that he can get out of that. Another you know quick takeaway before I turn it over to Jeremy and Matt. Jamar Chase not really running the jet sweeps like he was last year. They were utilizing him a lot more at the back last year, and they're not really doing that this year. I don't know if it's because they're worried about him getting injured, um, you know, playing from behind the ball or what, but he uh, he was not doing that. And I think that's just another way for them to add a little bit more, um, you know, dynamic attack to their offense. And uh, maybe we'll see it moving forward, but Zach Taylor has proven to be pretty incompetent they should have really beat up on the saints here and they they let them stay in it and, and kind of lead for a majority of the game yeah no from the saints standpoint my biggest takeaway um is that andy dalton is the best thing for alvin kamara um alvin kamara was kind of useless to start the season until andy dalton took over um is that going to help them win more football games uh that has yet to be seen seeing as how they still can't win um, but like you said, this was a this was a smash spot for the Bengals. This was a get right spot. Like this was something they needed if they were going to, you know, have a chance of, you know, getting back into the playoffs and making a run like they did last season. So I mean, good for them. This is a game they should have won. Um, I did have the Saints, I think money line in our picks, but I had the spread, so they still covered that for me. But you know, good for the Bengals. Keep winning. Uh, the Saints, they suck. Uh, so I don't care if they lose every game from here on out, as long as Alvin Kamara continues to get me fantasy points. Yeah, this was the first time he's done that for you all season, I think. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, this week and last week he didn't do too bad. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, I think a lot of people had both of these teams with higher expectations. Um, you mentioned Jamar Chase. He's a top guy. Not producing the same numbers. Other guys are getting more looks than him. People are figuring him out a bit. Um, both these teams play in really tight games, high-scoring games, and this was no different. Um, Joe Burrow is just racking up those passing yards. This was a good one for him. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know. This was a battle back and forth. I had Taysom Hill on my fantasy. I mean, I play in this the BS standard thing, so yeah. having him as, as he's listed as a tight end, so... Whatever he can do, if he breaks off for a run, it helps. But, yeah, overall, I think, this is a, like you guys mentioned already, Bengals, big win for them. Saints, they're still in that division because the Buccaneers are self-imploding a bit. They fucking and, suck. Yeah, so things are wide open for them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's over for them yet. No, absolutely not. And we'll get right into uh, the Buccaneers, who I just said fucking suck. They definitely do. Uh, Bucks 3-3, three and three, Steelers now 2-4. and four. I don't know how they won this game. Bucks 18, Pittsburgh uh, 20. Kenny Pickett was 67 yards in the TD before suffering a concussion. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, 144 in a touchdown. Najee Harris was the lead rusher with 42. Uh, he actually caught a ball for a touchdown, but he only had seven uh, on that catch. Najee Harris stinks. He is not good. He is not somebody you want to own in fantasy. Let me tell you that. 
coming from somebody who just traded him for fucking peanuts. Um, receiving, Chase Claypool with a really, really good game. Haven't seen this since, like, 2019. Uh, 96 in the TD for him. Had a couple of really important catches down the stretch. He looked great in this one. Brady, 243 in a touchdown. Uh, Fournette, 63 on the ground. Godwin, lead receiver, 95 yards. Leonard Fournette had a receiving touchdown as well with 38. Mike Evans finished with 42 yards for himself. Um, the takeaway was Brady looks upset, really, really upset. He was seen screaming at his offensive line. I, I sat there and watched Tristan Wirfs kind of just like shake his head like, we don't care, old man. We we really don't care. Uh, you're cooked. You're not doing enough. But I don't know, man. I don't really think Brady can blame the offensive line. It, it's, you know, were they as hungry as they probably could have been in this one? No. Did they get a little bit caught off guard by, by what the Steelers were sending at them? Yeah, maybe a little bit because the Steelers suck. But I don't know, dude. I, I think this one just comes down to the fact that the Bucks didn't play well enough as a team. They weren't able to beat the Steelers. This was a hungry team that came out. They looked ready. They covered the spread. They won the game outright. You know, th- this kind of shit happens. These these games where, if you look at it from a betting perspective, where the public is all over a team, the Steelers got fucking smashed by the Bills last week. You would think the Bucks would come out and win by at least a touchdown, probably two scores. This is what happens. I don't want to say it's rigged, but, you know, I don't think many people had Steelers money line. And, uh, you know, yeah. It happens. These juicy spots like that, you you see this happen every once in a while. Yeah, I my two takeaways are that a the Bucks lost me an irresponsible amount of units um, because once after that first half they were you know they were only minus one thirty minus one fifty to win and at that point you got to take Tom Brady over Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, um, but that didn't work out. And then my second takeaway is that for somebody who's ruining their entire life. Yeah, to play football. play football. Tom Brady doesn't seem to care a lot about football. Yep. The guy, didn't, he he skipped multiple practices last week. He didn't go to Saturday walkthrough so he could go to Robert Kraft's weird wedding where he's marrying the ladies 35 years younger than him. <laughs> and for somebody that literally threw away his entire livelihood and his whole family to play football, it doesn't seem like he cares that much about football. I don't get it. He's missed multiple practices. He takes every Wednesday off, which a lot of people do. But, I mean, if you're going to miss – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you can't also be skipping every Wednesday. I just don't get what his deal is this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It, it's really weird. I just, he's a weird cat, man. He's getting stranger and stranger, just like Rodgers. Yeah, I, I I like the Steelers a whole lot better with Mitch. Um, when when Pickett came in a couple weeks ago, just everybody's everybody's usage as receivers just went down in the toilet. Um, the, guy can't, the guy looks for one option and then just books it. Yeah, uh, he he was just thrown to the wolves there a bit and managed to make that game with the Jets a bit uh, more exciting. But uh, I'm I'm willing to make the stance uh, that the Bucks won't make the playoffs. Um, I, I love Atlanta. I'm huge on these guys. I think I think the Saints can dog it out too for that second spot as well. I mean, things are in the toilet right now for them. They don't have the easiest of schedules coming up. I mean, they got the Panthers this week, which will be a real test for them if uh, they're for real or not, or if they can wake up a bit. But I don't know. I'm willing to say that they won't make the playoffs. Steelers, um, if Mitch stays at the helm for the rest of the season, I think they can manage to go 500, but I'm not big on Pickett. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We'll move on to Niners-Falcons. 
it's my bet of the week every week. I mean, I, I love this team. There's a saying, you only bet the the cover if you think they can win outright. I knew for a fact that the Falcons uh, were going to be in this game, and they were. The Niners scored 14. The Falcons scored 28. A really, really good performance from the Falcons. Garoppolo, 296, two TDs through two interceptions as well. Jeff Wilson had a terrible game, virtually no rush game uh, for the Niners. Kittle emerged a little bit. He had 83. Debo had 79. Ayuk had 83 and two scores. But it was the Falcons' game for sure. Marcus Mariota, 13 completions, 129, two TDs. Caleb Huntley led the pack in terms of rushing, 59 yards, on 16 carries, Allgaier had 15 and 51. Mariota rushed one in himself and finished with 50 yards as well. And then Zacchaeus had 58 yards. They were able to get the ball to Kyle Pitts in the end zone in this one. This was his first TD in the United States, which is hilarious. He had 19 yards and a touchdown. Then Michael Pruitt had two yards and a touchdown as well. Um, Falcons defense, legit. I think the Niners are a team that is always going to let you down in spots like this. They have proven time and time again that they are not a team you can bet on uh, to cover. And they just, they just, they either show up or they don't show up. And I know that's the case for pretty much every team in the NFL. But um, you can tell after the first drive if the Niners are functioning or if they are not functioning. And I knew after this first drive that they were just, Things weren't clicking all the way. And when they don't have their rushing uh, going on, if they can't get Jeff Wilson going or at least Debo going on the sweeps, then they're not going to be a team that that's going to contend. And the Falcons and the Niners now have the same record. They're both in the NFC. This is a great win for the Falcons. And I have more confidence in the Falcons, honestly. I really do think they have some better pieces. I don't think Mariota's great, but I do think he knows his role. And it looks like Arthur Smith and the Falcons kind of have it figured out a little bit. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're one of my surprise teams of the year, arguably the most surprising. I mean, after last season, I feel like everybody kind of you know was writing them writing them off, rightfully so. I yeah. mean, bringing in Marcus Mariota doesn't seem like a franchise changing um, addition, but I mean, he's gotten the job done. They're three and three, and they're playing good football. And as for the Niners, like you said, I mean, they'll go and they'll play a team that we think should beat them by twenty, and they'll bring it down to the wire. And then they go and they play a team like the Falcons that, in theory, they should beat. If you look at the two teams' rosters, I mean, it shouldn't even be much for question. And then they go out and they lose by two scores. Uh, Jimmy G did throw for like 300 yards, which he doesn't normally do, but um, that also came at the expense of two interceptions um, because he's not used to doing that. So, yeah, I'm I'm not huge on the Niners. You and me never really have been huge on the Niners. Um, but I'm glad the Falcons, you know, keep winning for you. Yep. Matt? Yeah, I mean, looking at the stats, the Falcons won this game in third down efficiency. They went, and they got nine out of fourteen, and then no turnovers here to the Niners three. Um, if you can just win in those two categories alone, it puts you in a great spot to win the game. Uh, I think Mariota knows he's a bit of a placeholder at the moment until the the draft comes around. Um, I'm not sure on on the whole salary situation, but they have a lot of young guys in key positions, so. They might be able to go get a piece or two uh, in the offseason, really, to maybe take that next step, especially if they do relatively well this year. Um, like I said, they're a fun team to watch. The Niners are one of those weird teams for me. Like They can they can go out there and run the Rams over a bit, which isn't saying much this season. But um, And then they can go against teams like the Falcons, who people are low on, 
and they lay an egg a bit. So, yeah, they're a weird wishy-washy team, but um, I'm happy for Atlanta to get this win back, especially after the controversy with the Bucks game. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, let me just say, Falcons country, let's ride. I'm all over it. I love it. They're my second team, I think, this year. Uh, okay, Jets-Packers. We're going to start to move through these games quick. The Jets battered the Packers in Green Bay. Jets 27, Packers 10. Um, the Packers just could not get it going whatsoever. This was a great performance from the Jets on the ground and also defensively. Two block punts, a, t- a return on one of them. Uh, Brees Hall, 116 and a TD. Barrios, 20 and a TD. And then Zach Wilson didn't do anything at all. He had 110 and zero TDs, zero interceptions. Rodgers, 246 on the TD. A.J. Dillon, 41, lead rusher. Terrible. They need to get Aaron Jones more involved. Robert Tunyon had 90 yards. Alan Lazard had 76 in a TD. But it was really quiet um, for the Packers. They just did not play well in this game. Rodgers looks really tired, in my opinion. To me, sometimes it seems like Rodgers is just going out there and trying not to throw a pick. Um, he's sort of prided himself his whole career on not throwing that many picks, and that's like exactly what I felt like was going on this game. You know, he's still making some good throws, but that offense is just not good enough. And if they don't get Aaron Jones more involved, you know, from the backfield, like it's just, it's not going to be good, man. They have some pieces and they're not utilizing them as much as they could. The jets are now four and two, despite, I don't think being that good, but I don't know, dude, maybe they are good. Maybe Brees Hall is good. Maybe Sauce Gardner is as good as everybody is saying he is. He looked really awesome in this game. So, I don't know. Uh, I just can't believe that the Packers got fucking blown out by the Jets. Yeah, this, um, I would have never expected this. If you asked me going into the season what the score of this game would have been, I would have told you 42-7. to Um, But here we are um, with the Jets, better record than the Packers. and. Arguably way better looking team um, so far throughout the season. I mean, with Brees Hall and Michael Carter, their run identity seems to be there. Um, Zach Wilson didn't really have to do much in this game. Uh, they don't really have a ton of weapons on the outside, in my opinion. Garrett Wilson's good, but I mean, he's you know he's a rookie, so he's not going to show up every week. And as for the Packers, like you said, they need to get their two running backs going. I mean, that was kind of what everyone expected coming into this year with Devontae not being there anymore. And it seems like they've kind of, you know, strayed away from that strategy. They did it the first couple weeks, and it was working well. And they just don't look good, man. I mean, Aaron Rodgers will not be winning his third MVP in a row, that's for sure. Um, So we'll see if they can turn it around or if they're finally going to lose the division to the Vikings. Yep, it's totally possible. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be active in the, the trade market trying to get at the end. But I think they did this themselves, especially Aaron Rodgers not... Uh, I mean, going to get that new contract and pretty much solidifying that Adams is going to leave uh, pretty much set sealed his fate for this season and probably the future as well. Um, they're not going to find another guy like him on the open market or in the draft while he's still around playing. Um, Jets-wise, Brees Hall is that guy. This guy is a dog. Um, he does everything. Um, I, was, uh, I was a little upset when they made the transition from Flacco because they were passing a lot more, but it seems like this is the style that's working for them. And what, what works, might as well just go with it. Salah's got the boys going. He calls them the uh, young Jets. What is it? Something like that. Yeah. Um, something along that line. But, yeah, they're a fun team to watch. Um, I, I don't know what your take is on the Sauce Gardner thing with the Cheesehead thing at the end, but <laughs> um, a bit, a bit, a bit, bit ruthless there. Um, people are hyping him up now as like a top DB 
uh, only six games into a season, but um, every game is enjoyable to watch with them. Yep, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move in to the next. We had... Where are we at? Oh, Vikings-Dolphins. Vikings 24, Dolphins 16. Kirk, 175, two TDs. Dalvin Cook had 77 and a TD. Justin Jefferson, another 107 yards, but no TDs for him. Thielen caught a nice TD at the end. Irv Smith had the first one. Um, Teddy, 329, two TDs, two interceptions. Yeah, man, that was that was a crazy performance from him. Uh, in case anybody is wondering, the reason that Teddy did not start this game is because Mike McDaniel is huge on game prep. Um, and Skylar, Tem- Skylar Thompson, who stinks, by the way, uh, is the guy that got all of the, the practice reps this week. That's why Teddy didn't start, despite Teddy being out of the protocol. Um, Raheem Mostert, 49 yards on 14 carries, but it was a Tyreek Hill show. He had 177 on 12 catches, no TDs. Jalen Waddle had 129 on six. And then Mike Gesicki, who has the worst gritty I've ever seen, had two TDs on 69 catches or 69 yards. Uh, he had six catches. I don't know. Vikings are decent. Another five and one team that I don't think are very good, but they get it done. You know, uh, Kirk is, is pretty much going to do it in the 1 PM window for you every week. He's just not going to be good, uh, at four o'clock or any primetime spots. The dolphins are three and three. I thought maybe they were going to be a juggernaut, but they, they aren't, um, they're going to get to a back this weekend which is scary to think about, but they are going to get him back. So maybe the Dolphins will be better next week, but uh, to be 3-3 three and three after their start, I, I don't think is very good. But the Vikings, I'm sure, will be happy with that 5-1. and one. Yeah, I can't remember the last time uh, that I've seen the Vikings start this hot. Uh, maybe never. Yeah. Um, they're around 500 at this point in the season, um, and Kirk Cousins normally looks terrible. Um, but, you know, they're playing well. They're winning football games, and there's not much more you can ask out of them. But from the Dolphins' side, I mean, getting to a back, hopefully that brings them that spark back. I mean, without him, they haven't looked nearly the same football team. I mean, Tyreek and Waddle are still doing their thing, but, I mean, at this point, the other teams know that. If they cover Hill and Waddle, that they'll win the game, and that's why, you know, even though they had 300 yards combined, uh, they only scored 16 points. So we'll see what Tua does for them. Hopefully they can get back on the right track, and honestly, hopefully Tua just doesn't get injured. That's all I'm hoping for at this point. Yeah, I totally hear you. Um, okay, Matt, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'll keep it short. Uh, Kirk is the one o'clock wizard. Yeah, um, he is. It's 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 gonna be coming. They got three more games at one. They'll be in it, and then they got Cowboys at four, and that's when it'll be dead. Yeah, that's they have back to back non one o'clock games there too. So yeah, true. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. We have, oh, oh yeah, Jeremy's team. The Panthers, who are now one in five, took on the LA Rams uh, at SoFi. Rams, three and three, 24. They scored 24 points. The Panthers only scored 10. PJ Walker was the starting QB for the Panthers, he had 60 yards on 10 completions. McCaffrey, 69 yards rushing, and then 89 yards through the air. Their receiving core looks so, so bad, dude. It is just awful. McCaffrey is the only good player on this team, I am convinced. 
Darrell Henderson had 43 yards on the ground for the Rams. He had a TD. Ben Skoranek had a rushing TD. Stafford, 253, a touchdown and an interception. Always going to throw an interception. Allen Robinson scored. He had 63 and a TD. That was a nice catch. I was shocked to see him alive. Uh, and then Cooper Cup had 80 yards on the ground, but no TDs. So uh, ugly, really ugly game. The Rams turned it up late. They scored 17 in the second half. Uh, the Panthers scored zero. Rams were able to cover, but this was not an impressive performance whatsoever. I still don't think the Rams are are in prime condition. They look really, really shitty uh, a majority of the time. And I think, you know, it's going to be a tough season for them. It really is. The NFC West is kind of hot right now, uh, and I don't necessarily know if we're going to see them win. Yeah, from Panthers' standpoint, um, team's terrible. But there's no reason that if you score 10 points, and I think it was the first quarter, maybe the second quarter, but we were up 10-3. We got a pick six. You know, momentum was on their side. And then the offense just has no life to it, like you said. I mean, the offense is terrible. Um, the under on Panthers total points might be the play of the week every week moving forward. Uh, and the Rams don't look back yet. They don't look like a Super Bowl caliber team. They're kind of, you know, struggling their way through the first part of the season here. Um, and I'm not too high on them. There's very few teams in the NFL at this point that I feel like a lot of us are high on. Um, but the Rams are not one of them. So we'll see what they do moving forward. They still obviously have a chance to win their division with, you know, Kyler's and the Cardinals being terrible and then Jimmy G and the Niners being terrible. So we'll see, but I'm not, I'm not sold on them either. Yeah, no, definitely not. We we realistically think the Panthers might trade McCaffrey. Yeah, that's the word. Um, I've heard Rams. I've heard Bills. Bills. Ravens. I've heard Ravens. I don't know. I mean, he would thrive on every single one of those teams. He he does look good. He hasn't been injured. It's it's kind of shocking, um, but I don't know. It's you really there. don't know. He's he's a huge piece. They're gonna have to trade a lot of stock for him. I mean, if I mean, they're at the point where they're the, they're bottom of the barrel, and you're you're in prime position for one of those top two spots, and you can get one of those quarterbacks in, and you don't have to deal with Darnold and Baker. Um, I don't know if at that standpoint, you might as well just, just trust the process in a way and just go for it a bit. I don't know, but if they lose him, they might as well just put up three points a game. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's the truth. Unfortunately, it's just, it's going to be the way it, it is probably. Um, okay. Cards, Seahawks, Cardinals, nine Seahawks. 19 Seahawks improved to three and three behind Geno Smith in a game management masterclass. 197, zero TD, zero interceptions. Kenneth Walker led the line, rushing 97 with a touchdown on 21 carries. Geno had 48 for himself. Noah Fant, 45 in the air. Dwayne Eskridge, 39. DK got locked up in this game. He had 34. Marquise Goodwin had 26. Lockett was virtually non-existent with 17 yards. Kyler, 222 and an interception in this one. He rushed for 100 yards, so he got the 100-yard rushing bonus if you own him in fantasy. Of course, I no longer do. Uh, Zach Ertz, 70 yards. Marquise Brown, 68 yards before suffering a potentially season-ending foot injury. Defense did not play well for the Cardinals. Um, but the Seattle Seahawks were able to get a win here in a great spot. I mean, it seems to me that, that Gino, um, and Pete Carroll really get along. The rushing game is great. Their defense looks good. 
I'm I'm a little bit surprised that the Seahawks are this good, but they are. The Cardinals fall to two and four. They're they're in trouble for sure in the NFC West. Uh, they're lucky that there's a lot of other shitty teams there. Yeah, Geno Smith. I mean, he looks better than Russell Wilson has the last couple of years for the Seahawks. Um, I know everyone was all over Pete Carroll and that it was his fault that uh they weren't playing well, but that seems to you know have not been the case. If you you know looked at the Seahawks, you looked at the Broncos this year. Um, so that's been an interesting, um, you know, it's just been an interesting situation to watch in terms of what I thought and what is actually the issue. Um, Kenneth Walker looks like the real deal. I mean, five yards of carry, touchdown, breaking some runs. He looks good. Uh, Kyler Murray is still good at fantasy football, but bad at real football. Um, other than that, I mean, no major takeaways for me. Okay. Yeah. I think the I think Seahawks are are been dogging out every game. It's been it's been fun to watch them get in there after all the haters. And I think uh, it's seeming like Russell was more of a system guy than uh, than people like to give him credit for his own ability. Um, yeah, Gino, what Gino cooking, whatever you want to say, but he's doing enough to get them in these in these uh, situations where they can win these games. Uh, the defense is holding up their end of the of the bargain there, keeping teams low, and uh, it's looking good for the oldest coach in the league and and Carroll, who not a fan of in the past when he was at USC, but still he's still kicking and they're they're thriving a bit. Yeah. Okay. Bills, Chiefs, Bills twenty four, Chiefs twenty, the Buffalo Bills put together a sensational game winning drive to defeat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. <laughs> Uh, 329 and three TDs for Josh Allen. He had 32 yards rushing and a very impressive hurdle at the end. Devin Singletary with a great game, 18 yards, 17 carries. He looked really, really good. Uh, or 85 yards on 17 carries. He looked really, really good. Singletary, uh, again, 22 yards receiving. Dawson Knox had 37 and a TD. Gabe Davis had 74 and a TD. Diggs had 148 and a TD. They could not shut down Stefan Diggs in this game. He looked awesome. Mahomes, 338, two TDs, two interceptions. You don't see that all that often. Clyde, lead back, 33 yards. Juju, lead receiver, 113 in the touchdown. Kelsey had 108, but wasn't able to get in the end zone. Hardman had 42 in a touchdown. Man, not as many points as I thought uh, in this game. The under hit, but uh, the Bills looked really, really good. They're 5-1. and one. The Chiefs fall to 4-2. and two. I don't know, man. The Bills are, are probably as good as everybody is saying they are. They're the team that I, I put 200 bucks on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I am very confident in that, you know, despite my, my sports book balances being so low that I want to cash it out and put it on a parlay. Uh, they, they have to, they have to continue to stay in my slip. I, I really like them. They look as good as they are. Um, and, and the chiefs good, but that pick by Mahomes at the end, not something you see all the time, uh, cost them the game for sure. They, they kept saying, Oh, we left him too much time. We left him too much time. And it went ahead and threw, you know, threw a pick. Yeah, I mean, I could watch these two teams play every week. Yeah, it um, should be a seven-game series for the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> I would love That'd that. Be fire. I would chalk up the rest of the teams because, I mean, based on this game alone, and we've been saying it all year, these um, are the best two teams in yep. football. I know the Eagles are undefeated, but these are still the best two teams in football, at least in my opinion, um, especially if you look at you know who they're playing. Um, versus who the Eagles are playing. I mean, they already have had to play each other. The Eagles haven't played any one of the Chiefs or Bills caliber, but the Eagles are still good. Not going to take anything away from them. 
But, I mean, I don't put too much stock in this game uh, from regular season standpoint. All I know is that once it comes to the playoffs, they're going to do it again, and it's going to be just as fun to watch. So, I mean, Josh Allen did good. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes did throw a pick there that kind of lost in the game, but that might just, you know, add a little chip on his shoulder to uh, really perform once the playoffs come around here. For sure. Um, Matt? Yeah, all the same notions you're making. Um, it's good to get this game out of the way early if you're on and from their standpoint. Um, you can just move on and focus on your division. Um, it puts the Bills in a great spot there. Uh, loss would have put them even with the Jets, which I don't think anybody would have thought of at this point of the year. But, yeah, I think both of them move forward with positives. They know they know where they're at in the league. Um, now they have that, that, and they need a rubber match, and I'm sure they'll eventually meet in the playoffs in that AFC championship game. Yeah, probably. I can't wait for that, dude. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> fucking lightning fest. Uh, okay, we're almost done here. Cowboys 17, Eagles 26. Cowboys came to Philly to fight against the Eagles, who are now 6-0. and Cowboys 4-2. and Cooper Rush's first really bad game. Also, his first loss as a starter. 181, 1 TD, and 3 very costly interceptions. Zeke had 81 and a TD on the ground. Jake Ferguson had a receiving touchdown. Uh, the only other score for the Cowboys was a field goal. Hertz managed the game, 155, two TDs. Miles Sanders rushed for 71 in a TD. A.J. Brown, 67 in a TD. Devontae Smith, 44 in a TD. Goddard had 22 yards for himself. But it was the defense that won the game. Um, for the Eagles, Chauncey Gardner had two picks. Darius Slay had a pick. Uh, these guys work so well in tandem. I mean, this this Eagles defense is better than the offense, and, and I don't think people are talking about it enough. The line looks great, the defensive line. Uh, the safeties and corners are playing fantastic football. Uh, and, and the offensive line, you know, they, they look good too. So this was a great win for the Eagles. I'm, I'm kind of shocked that the Cowboys didn't stay in the game, but it was those picks, man. They, they really fucked themselves uh, with those picks, and this was a great win for the Eagles. I, I can't believe they're 6-0. and uh, the Phillies are are one and zero in the NLCS. The Flyers are three and zero. They beat the fucking Lightning away. The Union are playing well. It's crazy. Everybody but the Sixers uh, are, is looking up. Yeah, yeah. Now Philly, uh, Philly's on fire at the moment for sure. Uh, on all aspects, um, maybe literally here soon. Um, if they keep winning all these yeah. games. Up in flames, but the Eagles did their all uh, you know, dominate the second quarter and then kind of lose every other quarter, but still win. Uh, yeah. thing that they've been doing, um, that seems to get the job done. But I mean, they looked in control from the beginning. Uh, Cooper Rush looked over overwhelmed by what the Eagles defense was throwing at him. I mean, three picks that's never good. Uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, did enough to get the job done, only had to throw for 150 yards, but he got two touchdowns out of it. And, you know, he just played winning football, and that's all you can ask for out of your starting quarterback. And, I mean, 6-0, and moving on to probably another week game, a uh, week stretch of games here coming up. And, I mean, they could very well finish the season 12-4. and Yeah. Or 12-5, I guess it would be now, 17 games. You know, 13-4, and 14-3, somewhere up there, just because they have a pretty weak schedule, and they're already 6-0 and with arguably some of the better teams that they've had to play. Yeah, I think at the start of the year, the line for them win total was like 10 and a half. Um, I think that was around the line. So that's looking pretty strong at this point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think you just take it week by week. I think the coaching staff has really cemented their philosophy in these players. And um, they've showed faith in the guys that are there. 
the defense has taken a, a leap to that next level. Um, I'm more excited to watch the defense than the offense at times, just the way their chemistry is and how confident they play. I think Slay has come out and said like he's he's getting similar vibes to the the old Lions team that went like ten and seven the one year. Yeah, in recent <laughs> like I think it was 2016 or something, but. That's good to hear. I mean, they're they're playing on all fronts. Obviously, uh, you mentioned Jeremy. They're doing that thing where they they light everybody up in the second quarter, and then they go into hibernation a bit for that third, and then they're just trying to close it out as best they can. But um, they won the battle on the defense. They made they made rush crack, and that ultimately won us the game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's jump into the final game. An absolute stinker at SoFi. Um, Chargers 19, Broncos 16. Chargers were able to win in overtime despite having absolutely zero offense in this game. Herbert 238 in a costly interception. Eckler 36 on the ground with a TD. He also had 47 through the air. Palmer had 57. Parham had 53. Mike Williams had 17. Probably should have been closer to 50 because that catch he had at the end was most certainly a catch. Uh, the NFL's up to something with that. Wilson, 188 in a TD. He had nine yards uh, passing in the second half, by the way. Latavius Murray was the lead back, 66 and 15. They didn't use Melvin Gordon in the second half at all. I don't know why. He seemed pretty upset about it in the uh, in the interviews. In terms of receiving for the Broncos, Jerry Judy had 54. K.J. Hamler had 44. That was pretty much just one catch. And then Greg Dulcich had 45 and a touchdown. Uh, ugly game, not a lot to take away from it other than the fact that Herbert doesn't look quite right. He looks like he's lost some confidence. I don't know if he's still injured or if he just doesn't believe in his line because they're so mangled. Um, but it, it is not good right now in LA there. I think they're lucky to be four and two. They could have very easily lost this game, but the Broncos are just, they're so bad. They're so poorly put together. Uh, and and they were you know the team that lost in this one. I think the Chargers got away with the murder here. Yeah, I agree. This is definitely a game that the Chargers could have and maybe very well should have lost had Russell Wilson not pulled a Russell Wilson in the second half. I mean, the NFL, Roger Goodell, somebody needs put behind bars for making us watch Russell Wilson on primetime four out of six weeks so far, and they get another primetime game. And they get the London game yep. uh, in next weekend, so or maybe two weeks from now. But either way, this is getting out of control. I cannot continue to have to watch Russell Wilson for two and a half, three hours when there's literally any other team I would watch. I don't, I don't care. Put the Panthers on there. We'll score three points, but it, it's better than watching Russell Wilson kick four field goals every game. <laughs> it's yeah, no so doubt. bad, dude. I can't do it anymore. The Broncos are absolutely cooked product. And the Chargers, like you said, Jay Herbo, I don't know. He might still be injured. Maybe they're just, you know, falling apart at the line, but they don't look phenomenal either. No, they they look pretty bad, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mean, all the same points. I can't really add too much there. Um, Broncos' standpoint, it's just, I mean, they, they set up for getting Aaron Rodgers with that coach, and they didn't get that him, so they had to settle for somebody else, and it's just not working out. And he just doesn't have the he doesn't have the same type of play that he did in Seattle so i don't know it's it's looking like it's destined to collapse mid-season i don't know maybe they're going to fire hackett in the middle of the year soon i don't know if they keep losing but 
yeah, it's it's hard to watch. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's jump into um, our picks for the week. We're going to try and get Jeremy out of here. <clears throat> um, you have a meeting at 11, right? Yes, sir. Do you want to rip your picks off quick for us, rapid fire, and then Matt and I will go through the games, or do you want to just try and do it normally? Well, we can try and get through it. I mean, we do have a lot of teams on by this week, so I think there's only like 11 or 12 games. Okay. Um, Saints cards. Saints, two-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cardinals Thursday night. That game's tomorrow night. I'm actually going to miss it because I'll be at the Sixers game. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals straight up in this one. I'm going to take them on the money line. The Saints not moving the needle for me. I think Arizona sucks, but I do think that they're due for a win. So I'm going to take cards money line in this one, which kind of hurts to do, but. Yeah, no, I'm doing the cards money line as well. Andy Dalton's dealing with injury. Jameis obviously is implying, so it's going to be a mix of Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. Cardinals get uh, D-Hop back, so I think, you know, they could walk away with a win here and maybe get on the right track. Okay, Matt? Yeah, I was with you too with the cards, but uh, I'm just going to go with the D-Hop tutty. I, I, was, I was leaning towards him getting two, but I think he's going to add more flavor to that team, and uh, Kyler's been missing him desperately. Okay, cool. We have the Lions taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys currently 310 on the money line, seven-point favorites at the Jerry Dome. I'm going to take the over in this one. I like over 48.5. I think Dak's going to be back. He's going to look good, and I think the Lions are probably going to be frothing to get some TDs after that terrible performance before the bye. So I'm going to take over 48.5. I know it's a high line, but I like it. Yeah, I think the over is definitely in play. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions plus seven and a half, take that extra half point. Uh, like you said, I think they're going to be looking to get back on the offensive side of the ball here and score some points. And I'm not a huge Dak believer, so we'll see how he looks coming back from injury. Um, typically, quarterbacks haven't looked good coming back from injury these last two years or so. So I'm going Lions plus seven and a half. All right, Matt. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum from Jeremy there. Um, I'm alting it down to... Cowboys minus six and a half. Um, that defense for Lions is just pitiful. And I think that Dallas's defense is going to hold them to probably like 10 points. And I think Dallas can just do enough to get like 24. So I'll go with the, the spread there with the Cowboys. Cool. Uh, Colts Titans up next in Tennessee. Colts currently two and a half point dogs plus 122 on the money line over under set at 43 and a half. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. I know the Titans were on by last week. I am not buying into their system. I think Matt Ryan carries uh, a little bit of that performance from last week into this week. And I like the Colts to get back on track in the AFC South. So I'm going to take them. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you here. I don't like the Titans. Um, I don't like what they've got going on down there. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, and Matt Ryan had his best performance of the year. So I think um, I think they got a chance to walk away with a win here. Uh, I'm get, But I'm going to go with the Colts plus three. Okay. And Matt? Uh, I like the under here at 43 and a half. Both these teams are going to run the ball heavily. JT back now. And then uh, I think a cheeky Alec Pierce touchdown. So you're going to take both of those? Yeah. Okay. Um, under 43 and a half. And an Alec Pierce TD. Okay. We have Giants-Jags up next. This game's in G uh, Jacksonville. Giants currently three-point dogs. I don't know why the Jaguars are favorites here, uh, but all the money's on the Giants. I'm going to take the Jags on the money line. I think they win this game. They looked good the first two weeks. I, I don't think it's impossible for them to 
get back to that form. I, I think they could win this game, and I actually think the over's a nice play, too. It's pretty low at 41.5. Um, definitely something you guys should consider, but I'm going to take the Jags to win this one outright. Yeah, something about this line screams trap to try to yeah, get all it the is money a trap. on the Giants. I don't know what they know that we don't know. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to be taking the same thing as you, Jags, money line. I mean, there's just something weird that, uh, I mean, in theory, the Giants should not be underdogs here, so they must no. know something. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Much, I think it's pretty much a pick them there. They always give three to the home team, so they don't know who's going to win this. But I like the over here at 41 and a half. Um, High-scoring game. The Jags are 4-2 and two on the over this year. Plus, uh, I'll go with a Danny Dimes touchdown. Okay. And then we have Browns-Ravens. Divisional matchup in Baltimore. Ravens currently 6.5-point favorites. Over-under set at 45.5. The Browns' uh, offense looks pretty stagnant right now. I'd probably stay away from that. Ravens minus 290 on the money line. Not good enough value there. So what I'm going to do is take the Ravens 6.5. I like them to cover the spread. I think they win this game. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all over the Ravens here. I don't see them continuing to stumble. I think they need to, you know, get back on track here. Yep. So I'm going to go with the Ravens money line, or Ravens minus 6.5. And, and I'm also going to take a Lamar touchdown. I think he, you know, is going to try and will will them to victory this week. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the same page there with the Lamar touchdown, but I'm opposite with you guys. I think the Browns keep it close here. I'll go Browns plus six and a half. Okay. And then we have the Falcons versus the Bengals. Falcons currently six and a half point dogs against the Bengals. Can they go seven and zero against the spread? We will see. Um, a lot of the money is up. now. See, this is what happens. This is what happens. The media Everybody's starts on the train. The media starts to talk about it, and this is when it it falls off. Fuck. Ah, this is not what I wanted to see. Um, I don't think people are impressed with the Bengals. They're minus two seventy on the money line. It's just not good enough. What I'm gonna do is take the Falcons, but I'm gonna alt it down. They'll probably get got by the hook if I don't alt it down. Uh, so I'm going to take Falcons plus seven and a half. They are minus 150 there. That's an alt spread. Uh, I think I think this game is close, man. I really do. I'm going Bengals minus six and a half. Um, they just they just seem to have more talent. Um, and it's I mean the Falcons, like you said, six and zero against the spread. Something's got to fall eventually. Yeah, so I'm going Bengals minus six and a half here. Okay, Matt. Uh, the Bengals themselves are four and two on the spread this year, which is respectable. But um, I'm I'm staying true. I'm gonna go Falcons uh, plus six and a half, and I think Mariota gets a little, another Russian touchdown. This guy's been using his legs a lot. Okay. Sorry, I'm just penning these in. We have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Washington Commanders in Yikes. Washington. Packers currently four and a half point favorites. The over under set of 41 and a half. I think there's some juice there for sure. Money's all over Green Bay. They have to get a win eventually. I, I'm going to take an Aaron Jones touchdown because I, I just want to stay out of the, the, the money trap that's definitely on the Packers spread. Um, they got to get Jones more involved. I'm just going to stay with the Aaron Jones touchdown here uh, and, and hope that the Packers can win and cover, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to be taking the Packers here. Um, I'm going to take them minus three, though, uh, just in case they do 
somehow not blow the commanders out of the water. But I think with the commanders um, having the quarterback issue at the moment um, with Wentz being hurt and the whole Heineke Howe thing, maybe they maybe they both get some time. I'm in on the Packers minus three. Okay. And Matt? Yeah, last night I saw Packers were five and a half point favorites. Now they're down to four and a half. So people are starting to flip on them. But I like you, Evan, I'm not touching any of that. I'm just going to go with a Tunyon touchdown. I think he's great usage here against the Commander's D that's a bit open in the middle. Okay, cool. Um, let's get back to the games here. We have Tampa Bay taking on the Panthers. Tampa's currently ten and a half point favorites in Carolina. The money is pretty spread out, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't like ten and a half. I I actually really hate it. What I'm gonna do is go with a Mike Evans touchdown in this one. I, I got to stay away from these big spreads. I'm gonna stick true to what I said and take the Panthers team total under. Um, I'm not sure it's out yet, but based on the spread here, it's gonna be about 15 points. Um, based on the spread and the total. Um, so just assuming that it's either 14 and a half or 15 and a half, I'm taking the under on the Panthers team total there. We're not scoring any points. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw uh Fandle. It's 14 and a half for the Panthers, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking about the 10 and a half there. I don't think the bucks are going to beat them by that much, but I'm just going to do the under for the total of 40 and a half. And I think uh, Lenny, Lenny runs one in for the bucks. Okay. And we'll jump into the next game. I forgot how much harder it was to do three, the right three down than it was two. There's a little bit of dead air. Uh, Texans plus seven against the Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, man, this is a tough one. We're going to get to see Devontae in this one. I'm going to take the Raiders minus seven. I actually don't think it needs to be moved down. I think they can win by a touchdown and a field goal. So I'm going to take them. Um, thankfully Devontae's not suspended. He might get suspended, but I don't I don't see it coming quite soon. Uh so I'm gonna take Raiders minus seven. Yeah, I'm on your side. Uh Raiders minus seven here. Uh, I mean this is a game they should win pretty easily. Davis Mills hasn't looked great. It really is just gonna come down if they can keep uh Damian Pierce at bay, which I think they can. Um yeah. that'll probably be their game plan. I mean, if I'm talking about it, I'm sure they're talking about it. So Raiders minus seven is my play. Cool, Matt. This is my game of the week. This is going to be electric. This game is going to have over 60 points. Both defenses are horrendous. Over 45 and a half. I think the Texans keep it close at plus seven. And I think Davis Mills throws at least two tutties. All right, cool. What do you want me to write down for you? Just the over you just, or you want all of it? You can just do the over and the spread for the Texans. Okay. And then we have uh, the Jets taking on the Broncos. Jets currently plus one and a half on the money line. And trap, trap, trap. I see it all over. The money's all over the fucking the, the Jets. I'm taking the Broncos uh, minus 122 on the money line. Yeah, I mean, I do it every week. I do it every week to myself. Um, and I'm going to take the Broncos again. I mean, they're... You look at their roster, they need to be winning football They're going to win this game. There's no way they the need to win be this. winning football games. And I think now might be the time where they finally start doing that. So I'm in. Broncos, money line, give it to me. That. Uh, I'll take the bait. I'll take Jets, money line, and then uh, I'll just do that. I was going to say Brees Hall touchdown, but I'll just stick with the Jets here. Okay, cool. Uh, Seattle versus the Chargers. Chargers currently six and a half point favorites. 
oh man, I hate that, but the money's all over the fucking Seahawks to cover. Over under set at fifty one and a half. Uh, oh, this game, this game really sucks. Uh, I'm gonna take a DK Metcalf touchdown in this one. Uh, I don't want anything to do with the spreads. It's, it's nasty. The over under is nasty too. This is a trap game. Yeah, that is awfully high over. Um, but both teams' defenses haven't looked phenomenal. I know the Chargers didn't give up a ton of points last week, but they also let Russell Wilson throw for 175 yards in the first half. Um, it just happens that he sucked the second half. So I am gonna fall into the trap, and I'm gonna go with the over here. Um, and I think both teams come out and score some points. Okay, Matt. Uh, Seahawks plus six and a half. Nice, love it. I mean, I I love it too, but there's too many people that are that that are feeling it. There's already eighty percent of the money's on Seahawks spread. That that just scares me. Um, here's a trap game from hell. Uh, the Chiefs, three point favorites at San Francisco. I I, I don't care. This is going to be the one that I just take. I'm going to take the Chiefs on the money line. Do not take the Chiefs minus three because they will somehow fuck you and win by two points. This is a tale as old as time. Do not take the spread. If you're going to take the spread, alt it up because they're either going to win by 10 points or they're going to win by two points. They They will not win by four points or five or six or seven. It doesn't happen. Take the Chiefs minus 164. Excuse me. Minus 164 on the money line. Yeah, I'm doing Chiefs money line. Um, I'm also going to take the spread when the time comes, but uh, just for pick's sake, I'm going to do the money line. I don't see how this how they lose to the Niners. They're, I mean, there's just no way that they come out after playing the Bills last week and play down to the Niners level. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt? I'm just going to take the under at 48 and a half. The, the Niners are 5-1 and one when it comes to the unders this year. Chiefs are 3-3 three and three there, so... I think it's a low-scoring game, more so towards the Niners' offense. I'll go with that. Okay, and then Steelers-Dolphins. We're getting down to the end here, so our second-to-last game. Steelers currently seven-point dogs against the Dolphins. This is a trap spot. We're going to have two back, but the money's pretty much split. I'm going to take the Dolphins minus seven. I think they win this game by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the over here. Uh, Dolphins' defense hasn't looked great. Um, I could see Steelers getting on track after the second half they had last week and like you said two back and the Steelers haven't looked great either so I think this could be um I think the overs in play here I'm going over 44 and a half okay um quick before Matt gives us his pick I'm telling you right now people are going to be afraid to hit Tua they're going to be really scared that they're going to hurt him so I, I know that it's football and these guys are violent but I'm telling you right now after what everybody saw they're going to be afraid to hit him so Tua Tua Passing yards is probably a nice thing that you can look at, too. Matt? I think from a ref's perspective, maybe, but the, the players have one job and one job alone. That's to hit the quarterback. That's what they're getting paid for. So I don't think it's going to be too much of a thought in the back of their mind. But I'm going to go Steelers plus seven, especially if Mitch is the starter. If Pickett's in there, I, I hate my pick, but I'm just going to go with that plus seven there. Yeah, I don't think Pickett's going to be back. He's in the concussion protocol. All right, yeah, then I'm, I'm hammering. Okay. Uh, Bears, Pats. Pats currently seven and a half point favorites against the Bears. Um, God, I hate myself for this. I'm going to take the Bears plus seven and a half. I don't think the Patriots are that good. <laughs> the money's all over New England. I really don't think they're that good. I think the Bears can actually win this game outright. They're plus 300 on the money line. That's going to get a sprinkle. I'm taking the Bears plus seven and a half. I'm kind of feeling a Justin Fields masterclass as strange as Yes. Players. Yes. I'm feeling a Bailey Zappy masterclass. Um, but I have a tough time 
having faith in that. But if you feel Justin Fields masterclass, I'm thinking Bailey Zappi masterclass. I'm going to go with you over here, over 39 and a half. Yeah. And fellas, I do have to run. Um, it was a pleasure. Yep. And I hope we win some money this week. I will catch you next week, and I'll catch you in the chat. All right, take See care. You, man. Peace. Okay, Jeremy's going to take... What did he say? He said the over? He said the over, yeah. Okay, and uh, you, man. I'm right there with him, man. Over 39 and a half, and I like the Pat's money line here. Okay. I will add that to your slip. Undefeated. All right. That's everything, guys. Um, Matt, thank you for joining me. That was uh, awesome. Yeah, it was great. That's The episode's just about an hour, so perfect. Just right on time for us. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. You'll see Matt and I back again Friday. Um, yeah. We're going to do the Premier League show on Friday, so... Until then, you know, enjoy uh, enjoy the Thursday night game. Enjoy the midweek prem games as well. There's a lot of soccer on today, and uh, we'll talk to you then. You can, uh, by the way, I forgot to do plugs. Check us out on social media at Post Twenty Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find uh, all past episodes of the NFL uh, and Premier League Show on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Matt, thanks again for joining me, and we'll see you guys Friday.